This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Sending cluster bombs? Oh, no no problem. What difference does it make? Uh, also, this really, really good thing where he, uh, the president came out and said, ah, by the way, we're running out of uh, 155 millimeter shells, so no big deal there, right? Also, we have uh, a few comments on the press who seem to dig children in not a healthy way. The reviews of The Sound of Freedom are quite remarkable. That and so much more on today's podcast, brought to you by Sweatblock. Are you one of those people who deal with embarrassing sweat just about any time you get into a public situation like Stu? It sucks. You feel like Stu. You want to find a hole and jump into and disappear. These days, Stu can project confidence because he doesn't have to worry if he's sweating through his shirt like usual. He doesn't sweat all the time, just most of the time. And when he does sweat, it stinks on ice. Boy, let me tell you, it stinks on ice. Thankfully, he's now trying sweat block. Here's what this satisfied customer had to say. I don't really sweat anymore. Thank you, Stu. What makes sweat block the best? Probably their magic wipes. Exactly. If you haven't tried Sweatblock yet, this message is for you. Don't be Stu. Use Sweatblock and be the new you, Stu. Use the promo code Beck at Sweatblock.com for 20% off. That's promo code Beck, Sweatblock.com. Available also on Amazon. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. So the mainstream media did not like Sound of Freedom at all. Um, in fact, they're outraged uh, by it. Um, and I guess the translation of that would just be they sided again with pedophilia. Uh, it is uh, it's 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 making it very hard for us to believe that there's a dividing line between Hollywood, the left LGBTQ plus activism and pedophilia just from the reviews that are coming out do you remember the movie cuties yeah that was a creepy movie about the little girls who dance like strippers yeah yeah clear as day the same people who rushed to celebrate cuties are now rushing to attack the sound of freedom now how could you possibly reject the sound of freedom the story about Heroes going in and rescuing kids who have been sold into sex trafficking. Hmm. Well, I mean, I guess I could make that leap if you really loved cuties. The Rolling Stone announced that the uh, people's disgust with cuties was just part of a tactic that has its roots in conspiracy theorist circles such as QAnon. Huh. So if you didn't like cuties, you were probably part of QAnon. Then 
with Caviezel, we got to point out Caviezel, he's he's like the lead. He's my he might even be Q. After all, we know he was Jesus. It's one of their favorite tactics, quite honestly, discredit and destroy. They've tried it on Trump without relenting. Uh, By the way, every single one of these journalists that we uh, checked into hatefully obsessed with Donald Trump. What a surprise. The Washington Post now called cuties an unflinching look at what it means to be a preteen girl. Really? Describing it as the kind of story that isn't told well very often and to see it deserves to be told more because quite honestly, it makes us reporters hot. The uh, writer asked, Whose gaze does the camera represent? How is the scene supposed to make us feel? These are the kinds of nuanced discussions that art is meant to encourage. The article went on while discussing explicit scenes in the film. The article says the point of the camera angle in the scene is to show how unhealthy adults should perceive what's happening on the screen, while healthy adults will be shocked. Now, let me ask you. How are they defining healthy adults? Are those the healthy adults that, you know, say drag shows in my, you know, my uh, second grade class with my kids is okay? Is that the healthy adult they're talking about? The review of cuties came from a journalist. (laughs) Uh, I have an answer to this, but I just want to throw it out. Why are they always in the the, uh, style section? I wonder now the the cuties journalist uh is actually an lgbtq plus activist but for the sound of freedom review the washington post assigned will summer whose beat is conservative media and conspiracy theories he's also the uh, author of trust the plan the rise of QAnon and the conspiracy that unhinged america He described the uh, Sound of Freedom as a box office hit whose star embraces QAnon. Now, like most journalists these days, he's a QAnon expert. He's even appeared in documentaries. And yes, he's as smug as you would imagine. Well, I just love King Charles. These people are all in lockstep. They tend to live in big cities, usually New York, D.C. or L.A. They all hate, and I mean hate, conservatives, Republicans, Donald Trump, Christians. And they openly talk about how much they love weird sex. They're usually single, unmarried, and picture holding their cat. Uh, it's hard to put a finger on it, but they, they just, all of them just look like lefties. I mean, just... Something about their eyes, maybe they the permanent uh, look of smugness, the the royal way of looking down on the rest of society who doesn't understand Prince Andrew. The creepy part here is that every review in the mainstream media is exactly the same. The journalists who are reviewing Sound of Freedom are all the same journalists who have devoted their career to conspiracy theories and conservative media. Now, oh, the left loves to conflate those two, doesn't it? Uh, so why is, why is it that so many mainstream media uh, outlets have assigned the reviews for Sound of Freedom to the conspiracy theory experts? 
because they are the real conspiracy theorists. They're fantastic at it. They're professional conspiracy theorists. They are. They love to hide behind mastheads, the fancy fonts of the Washington Post and the New York Times. But really, really, it's they're painfully simple and almost always identical. Most of the time, all you have to do is find a picture of them to see a deep sadness and anger in their eyes. They all have bitterness, the bitterness of Antifa, uh, and not really by coincidence, really. Like Antifa, they rely on their uh, masks in order to succeed. They, they take off their masks uh, occasionally, and that's when we can see who they really are. So let's start with uh, uh, John Neffel. He's a senior writer for Media Matters. His review tells us that Jim Caviezel's pushes uh, QAnon in bizarre media blitz for the new anti-trafficking movie, Sound of Freedom. And it purports to blow the whistle on global, tra- uh, global child trafficking. But its star offers little more than fever swamp of what right-wing conspiracy theories. Now, did I mention he was a senior writer for the Media Matters? Yeah. Uh, one especially hateful review came from Anna uh, Merlin for vice the article anti-trafficking group with long history of false claims gets its hollywood moment operation underground railroad has spent years making big often unprovable claims about its paramilitary missions and the role of rescuing traffic kids i know now a new hit might help solidify that myth so in other words we're not actually going out and saving kids. The, the, my friends who have been with Operation OUR on some of these, what was it, mythological uh, actions, uh, apparently they'd been hypnotized. They weren't actually there. Now, she specializes, this writer, in subcultures, alternative communities, wonder what that is conspiracy theories crime belief death sexual violence and women's lives she writes for motherboard which is attached to vice you can also find her work in you guessed it the rolling stone and the new york times in her bio she jokes i guess that she's been accused of being both a lizard person and a cia agent but never at the same time <laughs> Her book, Republic of Lies, is exactly what it sounds like. She wrote the recent article, Tucker Carlson repackaged the Internet for his terrified elderly audience. Uh Uh-huh. She's obsessed with transphobia uh, and loves to depict herself as a destroyer of conspiracy theories, which is exactly what you would expect to hear from a professional conspiracy theorist. Um, It's a classic, classic projection. Accusing people of crimes as a way of distracting everyone from your own crimes. Why do you love pedophilia so much? Why do you love sex trafficking of children? That's my question, and I, I think you should answer it, but... Then there's Miles Klee. He described The Sound of Freedom as a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. Miles was tweeting about how much he hated the movie before he even saw the movie. In fact, this was his whole reason for reviewing the movie. 
He's a great example of how leftists love to hide behind snark. They love to say, I'm just joking, when they chant, we're coming for your children. To discover who he is, all you have to do is just scroll through his articles. He's a rabid LGBTQ plus activist. Now, you would think, you would think that every, every gay person that I know does not dig children. Now, are there some that dig children? Sure. Are there straight people that dig children? Sure. Should we be endorsing digging children? No. Is it healthy to dig children? No. So why is it that all of these LGBTQ plus activists are all digging children? Hmm. You would think more of the LG and even the Bs would maybe speak out a little bit more and say, hey, you shouldn't represent us because we don't dig children. Maybe even some of the T's should stand up and go, hey, I may be a dude in a dress, but I don't dig children. Now, he's a rabid activist. Remember the anti-Christian drag queens that the L.A. Dodgers honored with a Hero of the Community Award? Well, Mike Klee does. Uh, he describes the, sis- the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence as an LGBTQ community nonprofit, which has long scandalized Catholics for their campy nun cosplay. Yeah, that's one way to describe the Antichrist. He also hates Elon Musk, and uh, one of his recent articles is titled The Transphobic War on the Word Cis Goes Back an Entire Decade, (gasps) Not Ten Years. Uh, In a review for The Guardian, journalist Charles Bramisco attacks the movie as a QAnon-adjacent thriller that pretends to be a real movie, much in the same way Pregnancy crisis centers pretends to be an actual clinic. Hmm. Brazilians are already accusing me of pedophilia on Instagram. Well, you know, hey, we should be more like Brazil, perhaps. Uh, For a movie reviewer, he's unusually fixated on QAnon and eager to trash anyone who might challenge leftist doctrine, like his review of My Son Hunter, which he described as a right-wing Hunter Biden movie for fringe lunatics. Now, like all of them, they all hate uh, Dave Chappelle. Uh, In fact, uh, this nut job reviewed Chappelle's Netflix specials in an article titled Shock and Bore, How Dave Chappelle Lost His Comedic Touch in His Controversial Michael Jackson Defending Trans-Attacking Netflix Special. The once groundbreaking comedian shows his power has been diminished. Now, some would say that's a long headline, but you should read the story. It feels like an eternity. For reference, you want to know what he considers a good movie? Well, he loves a documentary about a transgendered Taliban fighter. (laughs) Oh, man. And if that Taliban fighter who's trans was still alive, he'd probably love it, too. He uh, mostly panders to the Hollywood elite, which has some serious problems with sexual predators. So we come full circle yet again. Why do you guys love pedophiles so much? At this point, it's really a meme. Compare the Rotten Tomato scores for a politically charged movie or show. I mean, if it's conservative, critics just hate it. It's the worst where they're standing up for pedophiles in this movie. But the audience like it when they take down pedophiles. Uh, 
If it's a woke movie, the opposite happens. Uh, but that's all because, you know, they're all more or less the same. We, we've known this about the mainstream media for a while. It lacks really any kind of real bravery. Actual journalists don't actually exist anymore. Maybe they never did. And journalists are just actually just activists, hacks now with severe anger issues. And I think it's linked to some sort of mental illness, quite frankly. Well, thankfully, those who are so mentally ill and seem to dig kids are now out in the open. Twitter really has been a gift. I mean, it has. Until then, journalists used to label uh, themselves. They always describe themselves as a centrist, you know, uh, you know, because people are more likely to believe journalists who are middle of the road. Survey after survey has shown this from the media. People want journalists, not activists. But a few years ago, there was a study from a journal called Science Advances. Ridiculous. But one thing stood out. Researchers debunked the idea that most journalists are independents, not liberals. Previous researchers relied on surveys, which allowed the journalists to self-identify or completely ignore. This time, researchers used Twitter. Hmm. Overwhelmingly liberal. What a surprise. Well, you make your own decision about Sound of Freedom. Uh, as I said at the very beginning, many people have. It went for a stunning $40 million. By the way, how's Disney doing? $40 million total. So I guess, I guess a lot of people just don't dig children and would like to see child predators in jail. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Columnist Maureen Dowd uh, took uh, took aim at uh, Joe Biden this weekend. She wrote, quote, the president's cold shoulder and heart is counter to every measure he has sent for decades and is out of sync with America, the America he wants to continue to lead. What I find unconscionable is that he refuses to admit or accept the fact that there is a beautiful four-year-old girl living in Arkansas by the name of uh, Navy Joan, who is your seventh grandchild, Mr. President. This is incredible. First of all, she starts, let me repeat what she said. The president's cold shoulder and cold heart is counter to every message he has sent for decades. No, but it's not counter to who he is. You just believed in that message. The, the, these people don't care about the individual. They don't care. And if you are for abortion, why do you care? Children are a mistake. This baby should have been aborted, but her mom was probably a deplorable. And so she didn't. She saved the child. So big deal. Let her raise it. The husband didn't want it. Why not have that attitude if you're for abortion? I mean, it, he, he is clearly he knows about this grandchild and he doesn't care at all. Just like he honestly doesn't care about his son. No father, no father. I am an alcoholic, recovering alcoholic. I know what uh, can be done for alcoholics and can't be done for alcoholics. I know I have to hit my personal bottom. Now, why is it that this father who says he loves him 
and has gone through so many alcoholic children and has so many problems with drugs in his family doesn't yet know empowering him to continue on is a really dangerous thing not because he cares about his son but because he's either making money for dad or he knows if i don't support him he'll turn on me and expose me i don't know what it is but it's not love and compassion and the act of a good dad or grandfather it's disgraceful it really is disgraceful i'm glad maureen dowd actually called this out and somebody on the left said something to defend this yeah. little girl but it was only people who were on the right doing it you know this is not her I have fault to... she didn't do anything wrong she didn't she didn't she didn't come up with some crazy affair she didn't get a, she didn't she didn't commit a crime she didn't do coke she didn't do any of these things she's just a poor little four-year-old girl who is being abandoned by her father and her grandfather over politics. Yep. It's disgraceful. Yep. And you know, the, 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 I don't even know if it's, I don't even know if it's politics Stu. I really don't maybe with grandpa, but it's money. Yeah. It's money mm -hmm. for the and and time uh, for Hunter. Yeah. You know, it's a great point because honestly, the, the, obvious political thing to do here is to just make this go away and they could do that Correct. they have plenty of money they could easily oh. make sure she has a a nice cushy life i mean if you think about glenn let's go back in time go back to the 1950s 1960s a, a big politician is going through a, a scandal like this you throw some money at it everyone tries to kind of ignore it, it. No one really acknowledges it or, say, or says anything. That would be the the old school way of doing it. And the old know, way school. Would, wait, 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 wait. But the old way school for people to turn away is, look, he's doing his duty. Politics would make it into a scandal. Mm -hmm. But at least the politician could say, yeah, but I'm taking care of that child. Right. I, I made I, you know, I made a choice. She's having a child. I'm taking care of it. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Glenn, you know more about this than I do. Uh, but in the art world, for example, if we could go v delve into the art world, the sure. what they seemingly did with this woman was say, hey, here's a bunch of Hunter Outrageous. Biden paintings that she's Outrageous. probably read in the newspaper are worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a piece, which and is an absolute crock crock. So she thinks she Crap. has all this really valuable art that's going to help her daughter get through uh, her life and pay for her college and all these things. When instead, what she has is a bunch of worthless Hunter Biden junk that he's probably probably didn't even paint, honestly. But even if he did, it's not very he didn't do a very good job doing it. And so now she thinks she has seven hundred fifty thousand dollar items that are probably worth you know one thousand or five hundred or zero, and they basically scammed her into signing this agreement. Well, oh she, my gosh she can't use their I, name it, it is it's it's just disgraceful mm -mm. it is it is so disgraceful let me give you an example there is a painting of george washington uh by rembrandt peel you've seen it in every history book every history book it's called the porthole look it up you've seen it the porthole washington um and it literally has been in every history book that i ever had rembrandt peel porthole uh washington uh, george washington i think it's called um that is about 
$800,000 for that portrait. You're telling me that Hunter Biden's art <laughs> is worth that? Really? Really? Because that's fascinating to me. I contend she will never be able to sell any of this art that is at, she could go to a museum if you are not a museum, an art gallery. If if you had that piece of art from Rembrandt Peel, you could bring it to an art gallery and an art gallery would take it and sell it for you. Do you get the 800 grand? Maybe, maybe not. You might get 900. You might get 700. But you're in the ballpark. You take these um, as a baby mama to any gallery and they're not going to give you 10 grand for them. Guarantee it. That's guarantee terrible. it. Terrible. 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 I, they couldn't even. I, I want to buy, buy her one off of them. I want to. Right. I want to. I. Right. It's like giving her monopoly money. Mm -hmm. It's so insulting. I want to actually buy one of these paintings because I want one in the museum just for history's sake on this family. <laughs> uh, but I. I won't pay. I mean, because she's, a, you know, a mom. I'll give her ten grand. She won't get a better offer. She won't get a better offer. And if she does, okay, great. Take it. Mm. But if she's got all of these paintings, there's, they're not worth anything. Anything. I, I, anything. And I feel like legitimately terrible for this little girl. Like, what did she oh do? Oh my gosh. She had nothing to do with this. Why are you, why are you treating her like human scum? This is your granddaughter. This, this is the way people treat children who believe in abortion. Tell me something. What does a baby who was, and this is so controversial to say, but who was uh, created through rape, what does that baby have to do with any of that? Now, we say, well, I can't imagine putting that girl through that after the rape. And I, I understand that. I, I want that option. You know, it just, it's horrible. I feel horrible saying that. Because I shouldn't make an exception for that. But w many people do make an exception for rape or incest. But that baby is still a baby and still has a soul in it. What, what did the baby do? The baby didn't do anything wrong. Here's this guy because he just wanted to have awful, icky, drug-induced sex this child is is born. This child is going to need so much therapy, so much therapy. Yeah, no. I or mean, they're going to turn out exactly like dad, which is a, a much worse uh, possibility. You know, like it's just one of these things where you step back and you have to you have to take a breath and say, look, these things. No one's expecting Joe Biden to host uh, the ma Hunter Biden's baby mama at every state dinner. No one's asking for that. Uh, but acknowledging the child would be nice, you know, and when it comes down to it, the circumstances of your conception do not define the value of your life. That is a it's not even a mm -hmm. part of the story, right? You don't t no one knows the story of how you were conceived and you probably don't want to know the story of how you were conceived. That's not at all important. 
it's not at all important to this child, this life that they are denying. You know, they talk about how people identify and how important it is to recognize who they truly are. You won't even acknowledge this is a person. You're just denying their existence completely. It is disgraceful. Thank God somebody is. said something other than us. But I mean, I, the fact that this is not a much but bigger think, story and she, he's not asked about it at every press conference is driving me crazy. Think about this. Think about this. They have ignored this for so long. We said this when he was being elected. What about your grandchild? What about the grandchild that you won't recognize? We've been saying that since he was elected. Uh, now, now that he's weak, they're starting to say something about it. But you'll notice I don't think he's getting any advice from all of the advisors, all of the people in the White House. This is coming from the outside. Do, does that have anything to do with all of the people that he has put in agree with Black Lives Matter that the number one job is to destroy the nuclear family and the family unit? It takes a village. Is that, is that why? Because every sane advisor would say, admit the girl is your grandchild. What is wrong with you, you heartless monster? The best of the Glenn Beck program. So back in the uh, in the late 1800s, there were a couple of things that happened. 1849, we had uh, Karl Marx make his communist manifesto. His communist manifesto would set Europe on fire and then eventually set Germany and Russia on fire. It was a new scientific way because all the old ways didn't work. So now we have big factories and labor. And so we need a new way of looking at things. Then at the same time, after we got rid of slavery and the world started looking at things differently and all men are created equal, Darwin came up with Origin of the Species. And what's worse is the descent of man, where he later said, no, I don't agree with, you know, that there are subspecies and I'm not against black people, etc., etc." He taught us through evolution uh, and uh, origin of the species and descent of man that there is a subhuman. There are people that are of lesser value. And maybe that value is color. Maybe that value is just somebody who is handicapped. Maybe that value is somebody who just isn't pulling their weight or are more trouble than they deserve. This was the first time that science codified racism or any kind of ism. You're against people of disabilities. You, you really don't like people who, you know, breed too much. Well, science, science was pushing all of this. And people like um, uh, Margaret Sanger and my personal favorite, the Human Betterment Society or Foundation. Uh, they were um, out of California. Gee, I believe most of the buildings at Stanford are named after these eugenic monsters. But I digress. They went and they took all of this back to Germany. They took it all to Germany and said, no, you don't understand. You guys are really super, super scientific, right? But let us show you what we've found. You can get rid of all kinds of people. And at the same time, George Bernard Shaw was saying, 
you know, there's got to be some way to kill all of these undesirable people. There's got to be some sort of a gas. Well, lo and behold, thanks to better living through pharmaceuticals, IG Farber came up with Zyklon B. Now we are entering the fourth industrial revolution. And it's all being led by the same kind of dictators, the same kind of progressives, Marxists, socialists, totalitarianists, anyone who wants power and control because they know better than you. This is history repeating itself. And I know Americans don't like to listen to it and do something about it. It's like when, you know, buy Bitcoin when it's when it's $60,000 a coin, not at $200 a coin. What are you, stupid? Buy it when it's at its highest price and then sell it when it crashes. That's the American way. So I suppose we'll all... We'll all care about this when we actually see more than just Canada killing off its citizens. When we, when we actually see that the U.S. dollar is gone and replaced with a Fed coin and you've lost all of your power. You'll start to care about it if you're the average American, I guess, once you understand that people are claiming that AI is a god, that it is alive, that it is all of the answers, and how dare you even question it. But if you're not the average American, if you're somebody who does pay attention, that does care, that wants to make sure that your family is safe, I invite you to pick up my new book called Dark Future. It is the second in the series. The first one was The Great Reset. This one is about the great narrative and what that means, dark future. Uh, Justin Haskins is uh, my co-author. I wanted to have him on uh, today to highlight the things that he thought were the most important things coming out of uh the uh dark future book hey justin how are you i'm doing well i mean i'm i'm depressed after that uh that lead-in <laughs> but you know other than that I'm, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good well you know you shouldn't be depressed now you're informed now you're informed so now you know oh wow that did happen holy cow we maybe shouldn't go that direction right yeah i, I think I, without, without a doubt, I'm, I'm actually incredibly excited for people to finally see uh, the research that we've been working on now for a year and a half on this book. And really, it goes back many years even before that. There's so much incredible information. There's so much for people to prepare for. And it isn't going to happen. I, th- these things, these are dark, difficult questions. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But we can solve these problems. We can avoid a catastrophe. We can stop ourselves from becoming the next, the next Nazi Germany or some other horrible place like that. But the only way for that to happen is for people to be informed and to understand what's really going on. And right now, 
the vast majority of people, including people in this audience who are far more informed than the average person, do not know how technology is being shaped and designed to transform every aspect of their lives, every part of the global economy, and even what it means to be a human being. And that is what this book is all about. It is, it is the most unique book, I think, that has ever been written, to be totally honest. I don't think anyone has done what we've done here. And I think anyone who reads it and gives it a fair shot will not only learn important information, but they will be far more prepared for the world that is emerging if the Klaus Schwab's get their way and will be better prepared to stop that from happening. I will tell you that, um, you know, when you said that, I think it's the most unique. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's the most unique book ever. The Bible is pretty unique. But um, I, I think you're right, though, on um, politics. You know, as I was uh, doing the reading, I, you know, I, I have buyer's remorse or I always look at things that I've done and go, oh, it's, maybe that wasn't so good. And I was uh, doing the um, the the audio book, and I had several producers who uh, work in and around the show, so they're very informed. But they're more like a regular listener. And uh, two of them said to me, uh, "I so get it now. I kind of knew what you know the Great Reset, and I read the book, and I heard you talking about it, and ESG." But now it all comes together. And it, that's because this is about phase two. This is about the great narrative. Why are we destroying everyone's history? Why, why is everything being rewritten? Because there's a great narrative that is going to fill that void and tell you who you really are tell you what society is really supposed to be like, tell you what your country, that it doesn't exist anymore, but you're all part of a global society. That's the great narrative. And this shows you how far ahead it is. And uh, all of the questions, you're exactly right, all of the questions that need to be asked. Um, Justin, I've been saying we, we need to ask these questions for a very, very long time. But I was so happy to see. I mean, I don't have we didn't you know, we didn't test audience this. We don't you know, we just don't do that. Um, but again, going back to those that I, I read it uh, and they were in the room just checking all the words, make sure it was right. Um, they were uh, saying, I never thought of, for instance, A.I. that way. I had no idea that it could do this, this, and this already, let alone what quantum computing even means and how that's going to change the world entirely. I don't know if you saw, Justin, it, uh, Google just said that their quantum computer now can solve a question in uh, less than, I think they said less than a minute, that takes the competitor's uh, quantum computing 47 years to complete. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there's so much. I did see that story. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And when people read the book, they'll understand why that isn't just sort of a unique tech fact. <laughs> that, that is quantum computing and, uh, and, and artificial intelligence and advanced algorithms and all of these things are how elites 
are going to shape the it's how they are shaping the world right now most people have no idea that that technology is already being used in that way yeah and quantum computing so people understand it is it, it that coupled with ai it's unstoppable it becomes the greatest brain anyone could ever imagine it becomes a god it becomes a god and you're not going to have a, a quantum computer you don't get access to that the quantum computer you will have to rent space on the quantum computer uh, computer and space is not going to go to people like you it's going to go to universities and governments and all of these other elites they'll have access to to answers that man has always asked and couldn't solve but they'll be sure to make a product for you that will make you safer and more fulfilled right and they'll use it as because this is the most in powerful as you said the most powerful brain essentially that they're creating that has ever existed on the planet um you know other than god <laughs> like other than god this is the most powerful brain that has ever existed and they're already starting to use this in public policy you have central banks i think it was the central bank of canada we talk about this in the book that is yep. using quantum computing. And we're talking about the old quantum computing, the, the slow one, not even the new one. They're <laughs> using quantum, quantum computing to make decisions about public policy and monetary policy to test out. They're testing this out right now, um, running these really advanced simulations about how people would behave in certain situations uh, with a new kind of currency and things like that. And there was no way for them to do this prior to quantum computing because the math is too complicated. But now they have a machine that will answer those questions for them. And who's going to dispute it? You, me, we're going to stand up there and say, well, we think the machine is wrong. How? We're not as smart as the machine. And so you're going to, no, we're, we're going to see very soon this, this world of politics, I think, is going to devolve into dueling quantum computers and algorithms and, uh, and artificial intelligence. And People are not are going to be told they're too stupid to be able to answer any meaningful question. And we just have to listen to whatever the machines are telling mm-hmm. us, except who's designing the machines and, and what right. are and, their goals? And, w- and what is the machine's goal e- eventually? I mean, it is uh, it puts every single human being in a place to where they say now, oh, are you a doctor? Oh, so you know about COVID. You're a doctor. You're smarter than a doctor. We already say no. You know, you shouldn't do this with your children. You shouldn't do that with your children. You should instead make sure you bring them to a drag show. Well, I don't think so. Are you a teacher? Are you a teacher? Because teachers know. This is the ultimate. You don't know. And it's right over the horizon. And it's only one, really, one or two chapters of the book, Dark Future. It comes out tomorrow. Grab your copy now um, and make sure you get a paper copy. If you can only afford one, get the paper copy. But uh, get the paper copy for sure because you own it. So you know I make more money on the, uh, on the audio version. So I'm telling you to buy the paper copy over that. Uh, that's how important I think that is. But if you can afford both, 
get the audio version as well because it is it's uh i've added some humor uh to it to make it a little more palatable and uh, i think you'll uh, really enjoy the audio version of it dark future available wherever books are sold so i've got our two minutes remaining here justin i want to talk to you a little bit about uh the un which has come out with their uh, their uh collective action or what what is a common vision something like that and it involves emergency powers going to the UN. Biden has now come out and uh, and approved it and said, "I'm cool with this." W- where do we stand on this? Yeah, there, there's this uh, incredible plan from the United Nations called Our Common Agenda. Part of that is an emergency platform, which, in essence, if approved, would give the United Nations, specifically the Secretary General kind of like emperor-like powers in the event of what they call a global shock, which is very broadly defined in their proposal. Mm -hmm. Um, This this is supposedly going to be up for a vote with member states in the United Nations at their meeting in September of 2024. So a year, more than a year from now, they're going to have a big event called Summit of the Future, And at that summit for the future, they're going to have a pact for the future. This is a going to be a a sort of a binding global international agreement like the Paris Climate Accords or something along those lines um, where member states are going to be expected to sign this agreement. And the exact details of everything in it are being fleshed out right now. And one of the things that they want to put in there is this emergency platform that gives these massive amounts of power to the Secretary General of the United Nations to control virtually everything, including a lot of the stuff that we talk about in Dark Future related to AI and, um, and, and the global digital commons and all of these different things that are tied up in the Internet and technology and everything else. Um, so it is an incredibly, incredibly dangerous moment in history. Really, it is. The Biden administration has already come out through one of their ambassadors and said, yep, we like that. We think that's a good idea. Uh, They haven't given a whole lot of other information beyond that, probably because it's so obviously authoritarian, but it is terrifying. And most people in the media, other than shows like this, are just completely ignoring it, even though it's an incredible, incredible power grab on the part of the United Nations. Please do not dismiss these things. Uh, You can find it now wherever you get your books. Dark Future by Glenn Beck and who you've been listening to, Justin Haskins, a fantastic researcher. Um, Get it now wherever you get your books. It comes out tomorrow. Dark Future. Order it now. (laughs) 